head into the Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at the Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out the Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. First battle season one champion, Mike Long. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your real WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Gufaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. listening You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to Masked Man Mania Night Two, Babyface John Kerm. How you doing, man? I'm good, Dave. I mean, the first hour had me a little nervous, but you know, it picked up, and I'm I'm ready to go. Are you tired? <laughs> how is your How is your energy level on a scale of one to ten right now? Right now, I'm probably on like a an eight. I think at the start of the show, I was on like a, a five or six. I had like night one WrestleMania hangover, and then just based on the matches they kind of threw at us in that first hour, I was like, I don't know, man. It's a lot of I compare it to like anime and the fact that it had like a lot of filler, where I was like, this feels <laughs> like it's not like that important, and they're just trying to buy time to the main event. But then it, it picked up around like the the biggie match. That's like so much in life. I don't know why you're just tarring and tarnishing anime with the. Listen, it was it was it was an up and down night. Night two, night one was so good. I don't think night two could have possibly lived up to it. Um, right. I don't know, man. I feel good. I, this is usually if you're there. I've never been so jealous of a WrestleMania. Not since I was like ten years old. I've never been so jealous of people of like Kaz is there. People I know were there having a good time just because you get to get back in the element of like. I don't know, just like cheering with other people, you know, like being elbow to elbow and like, you know, 32 ounce Bud Light to 32 ounce Bud Light with like the person in the seat next to you. And it's just, I miss it. I miss you screaming the name, like booing wrestlers and cheering wrestlers. I miss it. But um, I'd be a lot more tired right now if I was there. So at least I got, you know, a little bit of energy to be grateful for. But anyway, right. night two, night two, night two. Let's start at the ending as we like to do here. Roman Reigns is still uh, your universal champion. And really, there's no other way. There, there was no other option there, I feel like. Um, For sure. I had a lot, when we broke it, broke it down last week, like I, I was, I think I felt it was like a little bit all over the place. A little bit hard to foresee going in, especially because the Daniel Bryan insertion just seemed to be a little bit loaded and like, it seemed like there, you know, stuff was up in the air. You could, the, 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 you know, Edge was turning heel for the past month. The whole thing was very blurry. But then I'm sitting there watching this match. My wife comes in. She's watching it with me. And 
she watches not every now and then, but I still get you asking. She was asking for the 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 backstory, like how we got into this mess. She's like, well, who, but so who, there's no way anybody but Roman can win, then, right? Like after I told her what was going on, I was like, well, yeah, but like Daniel Bryan could eat the pin. So it, oh, man, I don't think that's gonna happen. You know, and like I couldn't talk her into anything other than him winning. It's also sort of fitting because I want to get your your take on this. I just did a quick hit on Bill's podcast and then Bill Simmons podcast, and I said this to him. I feel like. This was in this was the the theme of the two nights of WrestleMania was what this company is going to look like in two years. I feel like this is the first year at WrestleMania that I can remember where the where the the motive, the organizing principle was building for the future. It's never that way. They never get to act together to do that, especially not at WrestleMania. WrestleMania is usually about putting Goldberg over. You know, I mean, it's not, like yeah. it's, <laughs> and so the whole point of that is to say. Roman Reigns wasn't a shock to win, but Roman Reigns establishes he is, is the future of this company. Roman Reigns will be main eventing WrestleManias for the next five years. Even if, even if they got a dragon kicking and screaming back from the, you know, the Fast and the Furious movie set or whatever, like he's going to be the guy. This week, he actually, I think he came out and said that he plans on being in WWE for the next 15 years. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. That's like Kyrie saying, uh, Boston, I'm not leaving, and then leave, leave it a year later. So you take it with a grain of salt, but. John, or like John Cena saying he would never, promising us that he would never leave. Oh, yeah. When, when he was shooting with The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Roman Reigns sure seems to be having a good time, though. For sure. So yesterday's story, it felt like, you know, it was clearly like star making Bianca Belair. Like she was great before that, but it was like establishing her as a star was the whole story. This match, it felt like it was like an action movie and Roman Reigns survived the car wreck. And I feel like that's what was kind of established. And then the way they ended it with him pinning both of them, it's like, yes, this is the guy for the next decade. And he just survived the two biggest stars or not the two biggest, but two of the biggest stars of the past, you know, 20 years. So. I I didn't really have any complaints with the main event. How'd you feel about it? God, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really, really good. It wasn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the wife one more time and then let it mm. lie. But <laughs> uh, we just got. I, I don't know if you saw this, but I was in a new uh, one of the recent episodes of WWE Untold. I on, I, I want to say on the network, which is now on Peacock. Um, and we it was just a show about. Uh, Edge versus Mick Foley in their like uh, hardcore match at WrestleMania. Classic um, match. And the only people, I didn't realize this when I did the interview, but the only people that were interviewed for the whole thing were Mick Foley, Edge, Lita, and me. And so <laughs> it was, we, so I was, my, my wife and I were watching it like it was like we were watching a hardcore match. Like, so like we thought it was just like a catastrophe waiting to happen. We were just, it was so bizarre. But so that was the last time she saw anything with Edge. So she's like, well, this match can't possibly be good without thumbtacks and fire and you know whatever. Yeah. Like she she was waiting for that big moment. They did sort of do it with the concertos at the end, and of course there was the big out the 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 announce table spot followed by the spear, by the spear off the steps. Yeah. They 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 find they they found the peak. They knew the 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 shape of the match, but the match was really not just about ring work. It was about the story that they told, and the story that they've told with Roman Reigns over the past six months. Nine months has been just one of the best stories in professional wrestling history, and tonight yeah. just kept it going. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens next, but man, I don't know. 
I don't know if there's any amount of fire or any amount of like hardcore blood, thumbtacks, whatever, barbed wire. I don't think there's anything that could have made me pop as hard as when Edge and Daniel Bryan both had Roman Reigns in the like the crossface slash yes lock yep. with like the bar in his face and Roman Reigns is just like looks like his eyes are at the pop out. That is that is it was comedy, but that's like that is a WrestleMania moment for me. You know, and that is like I will never forget that. That spot was amazing. My only concern is, so we saw the headbutts that came after that. And I don't know if you noticed the end of the match, Daniel Bryan like twitching like excessively while he was laying on the ground. I don't know if that was like him trying to work the audience pretty much right around when he got hit with the concerto. I just saw his left leg twitching continuously. And even after Roman got the pin, it was like continuous. So I don't want to be that person to put out like bad vibes and, and ill spirits toward Daniel Bryan, but I, that twitching just made me really nervous. I don't I don't know if you picked that up. He's done that before, and it freaked everybody out then, but I don't think you're allowed to twitch if you've gone through everything that he's gone through. I, exactly. That's, I didn't notice that, and now, I'm, now I just feel sad. But, yeah, but to go back to being positive, I just, this was, I think it was just so well put together in terms of the way, you know, Roman's counsel was used in this was amazing. You know, Jay Uso, lo- like the sneaky MVP of this match. Like, I I popped for those super kicks at the beginning of the match. Like, I don't know why, but I just love the, the whole mob boss mentality of like, Roman is obviously the best man in this match, but he still needs that leg up. And then uh, another spot that I loved was uh, Paul Heyman uh, in the background while Roman Reigns was in the yes lock. And you can see his emotion on, on the screen. He's literally telling Edge, he's like, hit him, hit him now. I I just love how they they use the the special counsel in the match as well. Paul Heyman is better at the facial expressions during a wrestling match than LeBron James is at basketball. Paul <laughs> Heyman is Paul Heyman is better at doing what he does during a match than anybody in the world is better at any as is good at anything. It is it is unbelievable. It's you know what's not fair like like I do this for a living or part of a living or whatever else. And I can't even pay attention to a match as hard as Paul Heyman is paying attention to a match from outside the ring. Like they, like it, he is so he is not, it's not paying attention for him. It is one. He is one with the match. It is so bizarre. It's like, I don't, it's so impressive. It's so amazing. You could basically you could you could tell what was going on in the match only by watching his face. He's so good. What uh, other matches kind of entertained you tonight? Oh gosh. Um, well, there were some ups and downs, as we said. For let's sure. Just, let's just go. Let's just go in order. Let's go in reverse order. Smart, because I definitely don't want to talk Fiend Randy or no, just no, no. Yet. Well, that'll be the big finish. <laughs> gotcha. Awesome. Before, before Roman Reigns was Rhea Ripley and Oscar, they were not gonna. This was not gonna be the best women's championship match of the weekend, no matter For what sure. they did. It felt like they kind of got a little bit of the short shrift in terms of time, although there's like the third longest match of the night. I'm looking at the card right now. It's basically like yeah. they went the same the same length as as the, the tag the women's tag match, and the only thing longer than that was the title match, which is sort of crazy. Yeah. But it did feel like they didn't get a whole lot of time. Maybe it's just the style of the match. I don't know what was going I, on. Yeah, I think it was the style because I felt like it, it didn't feel like it was super short to me. And if if I'm comparing it to both the women's world title match and then also the men's, I would say it's between that match and then the Bobby Lashley and Drew match for like the the worst of the four. But I still don't, I don't think they did terrible per se. No, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. And it, I mean, it was a good match. But I but I think this was the thing. 
at that this was the time of the night where the crowd was dead and i think yeah the, i think even though they split up wrestlemania i kind of said this to bill even though they split up wrestlemania over two nights night two definitely had some of the the sloggy feel of some of the previous manias when I, when i first started saying over and over again that wrestlemania should be two two nights long it was because they couldn't pick, not only could they not pick a main event, but like the last four matches were all co-main events, right? It would be like the Undertaker match and the, like the Lesnar versus Triple H match and then the championship match and like whatever. And like, you couldn't even breathe. It was just like nonstop 35 minute matches. You know I mean? It was just too much. And it felt a little bit like that tonight. Like I wanted, I wanted a popcorn match. I feel like they should have, it's nuts that they like, did the Andre the Giant Battle Royal on SmackDown when they could have, if they had just thrown that in at like the five spot tonight, I think it would have like, like, like livened things up quite a bit. For um, sure. So Rhea Ripley and, and Oscar were not put in a great position. I think another thing that affected this is kind of like the, the storytelling leading up to that match. Like we talked about yesterday how Sasha and Bianca didn't have much of a build to it, but neither did this storyline. But I feel like no. with Sasha and Bianca, they have the star power to kind of see through that. And, you know, that's why that main event felt special. But for this one, it's like these are two great women's wrestlers, but there's really no story here beyond the fact that Rhea Ripley showed up on Raw one night and was like, yo, I want a title shot. And I think doing that, it affected the match and the fact that there was no story to really be had there between the two. You sit there and record me talking to Kaz most weeks. So I know you've heard this before, but there's a, one of the biggest things in pro wrestling that I complain about is expectations, right? This is in terms of like storytelling in general. It's not just pro wrestling, but it's sometimes fun to mess with our expectations. But when you just like ignore the expectations that everybody has and they're watching it and you know, they're, they're watching, everybody's watching it one way and you're just pretending that they're not, it, it, that's what really, it's not good storytelling. Rhea Ripley gave an interview this weekend or this week where she said that she was expecting Charlotte Flair to be injected, inserted into this match, right? That she was like, even after she challenged Asuka, she thought, well, they would bring Charlotte back and get her in this match. Guess what? Every wrestling fan thought that too. And that really hurt the feud. You know, like they should have, like they should have, I know that they didn't know what was going on with Charlotte or they didn't know what the timeline was going to be for, but it would have helped this match if like Vince McMahon had like, have like had like storyline fired Charlotte Flair three weeks ago, you know, or something, you know, just get, like write her off. She's definitely not going to be at WrestleMania and that would have helped this feud. Anyway, they, they did great. I would actually like to see them wrestle like 14 more times because I think by time like three or four, it's going to be like one of my favorite pairings. Uh, I love both of them a lot. And I think Rhea Ripley's, the fact that she's the champ on an on a, a two-night WrestleMania full of next big things, f full of future of the company, she deserves to be right up there with everybody else. I mean, Asuka's going to be around too, but, but, but Ripley it was a good look for her and for the company to count her amongst all these future stars. 100%. I love the fact, like, just all the matchup opportunities this now presents with Rhea Ripley and then Bianca Belair on SmackDown as your new champs. You know, it just feels fresh. So they can do really anybody on the women's roster against them now just feels like it's something special for the next, like, eight months to a year, really. Like, they could, if they really wanted to to really prop them up as this next, uh, the next wave of of, chan uh, of the big stars for the next five years, give them the next like eight months of just kind of running through the roster. I feel like there's just so many toys for them to play with at this point. So well, there's not that many, forward. not that many toys on Monday Night Raw. I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, true, the, the true, toy chest true. is kind of bare. I mean, I guess they could they can repackage, they can give pushes. It just as it stands now, it's been a little bit static. We also have like the potential of 
Io Shirai on one of these shows, which could be absolutely bonkers for wherever she goes. I mean, there, there's there's definitely a lot of potential. I agree with what you're saying in, in theory. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We also got a new Intercontinental Champion. Um, his name is Apollo. And with the help of his, uh, I don't know, general, uh, I don't really know what it's... Do you know the backstory on this guy? Because I'll admit to the fans, this might be my heel turn. I'm not a big NXT watcher. I, I watch occasionally, but I don't know who this dude is. Was he an NXT guy? Like, do you no, know? Baba Tunde, or, uh, that's, his, that's his real name. He's a football player who has been training, and, but he was on... Um, he was on... Uh, what's it called? Raw Underground. Remember they were doing that like fight club oh, bit? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He I was like remember. the big dude that like, she was kind of Shane's bodyguard and um, but his name was Baba Kato or something. Bob, yeah. Anyway, he's, uh, he, he's, you know, they, they, they like him. Uh, Daba Kato, sorry. I mean, he's, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a future. I mean, it's a, it's a good, it's, it's cool for Cruz. I mean, we're just going to keep kind of, we're going to double down on this whole thing and it looks a little bit more like a, you know, like a military junta, junta, however you say that, than like a, you know, like a state-sponsored thing. I like it. I think it makes a little more sense with uh, Apollo Crews as well. Because with Apollo, I feel like while he's like jacked, he's still kind of undersized in the fact that he's short. So I feel like with having this big guy behind him, it just gives him a little more, you know, oomph to him where it's like, you know, he's really the threat that he says he is behind the mic now. He has that army behind him now. So I think it really is going to work for him. And I'm hoping now this frees up Big E to kind of move into that main event scene because I think he's got the charisma for it. Babatunde is, in fact, Nigerian. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't just insert a random black guy and pretend he's Nigerian for the game. He's gimmicks. actually Polish. I want to be really clear about this. His father is Nigerian. His mother is Polish. He was born in Poland. Gotcha. Um, Interesting. But uh, he played, and he played like a, he had like a cup of coffee with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but yeah, that was before he got the sweet uh, braids and just he's an impressive dude. He had a little beef with what's his name with uh, Braun Strowman when they were doing Raw Underground. So anyway, yeah, he's a, he's a you know this could be a lot of fun. We'll For see. Sure. We'll see. It's the interesting thing is going to be if we're going to move now to a rematch against Big E or if this is like Big E is being. Um, sent straight to the main event scene or something. You know, like, there, you could go in two directions here. I think that's going to be the big kind of takeaway. Um, also, also, it is sort of interesting, too, that all three members of the New Day spread out over two nights were left lying by giant, by, like, seven-foot-tall rookies. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, that is actually, that is very interesting. So, yeah, so, but, I mean, that and that was a fun match. I like seeing, 
I mean, that wasn't a classic or anything, but like it was a nice use of all the weapons, all the plunder. There is, you know, it's the, the 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 drum they could have done more with the drums i guess but but uh, but overall it was a you know it's a the, the nigerian drum fight is a is a is a fun little schmozzy match that's great yeah it, it essentially was a no holds barred match you know i think the only drum they used was the the big gong i don't think they used any other drums in that match i kind of wish i agree i wish they used a little bit more but still overall pretty entertaining given the time that they had the gong if if my like music High school music memory a career it holds up. I believe the gong does count as percussion. So yes, that was part of the Nigerian <laughs> the the drum the uh, the drum array. Um, before that, we had Sheamus beating Riddle for the U.S. Championship. Shocking finish because you know we just could have assumed Riddle was still on the climb. But more shocking, I think, than just the finish was that that match was so good. <laughs> That match was so, like, it was sloppy. It was a little bit, there was a little bit of, you know, a, a little bit of, uh, a couple misses here and there and, like, whatever else. But that was Riddle's best match in WWE, in the main roster at least. Just full stop. I will go to, I mean, fight me if you don't agree. And that might have been one of Sheamus's best matches in WWE too. It was like, like, you can tell when wrestlers like wrestling these guys that came up on the indies or come up with a different style, like whatever Daniel Bryan gets in there and people are like, oh, I'm, I like I look forward to the chance to wrestle with Daniel Bryan. But you've, I don't, you very rarely see guys with the pedigree, the, the, the WWE pedigree that Sheamus has who are just like, you know what, Riddle? Let's do a PWG match. Let's just do a match <laughs> that, would, that, is, that would work in the, you know, in the, in the, in the, the bingo hall and and do it in front, do it in WrestleMania in front of all these fans. That match was was bonkers. Like, go back and watch that again if you didn't enjoy it. That match was freaking good, and it was that was my favorite. I I will I will because I love that match so much. I will now proudly say out loud, I am not all the way there on Riddle most of the time. Even in the ring, when everyone's just like, this guy's got all these skills, man. He's an MMA fighter and his kicks don't look like they hurt all the time. Like I have a problem with that. He's got to stay like, and, but, but I like him. I enjoy him. I just get like, I hear all this effusive praise and I'm not always all the way there with everybody else. But tonight, man, I was there like those two guys. And there were like five times in the last two minutes of the match, three minutes of the match where I thought they really hated each other. Like <laughs> there were like so many moments where it like got a little bit awkward and like, I don't know, man, but I loved it. I loved it. And Seamus, when he tried to do the, the, what's it called? The white noise, like off the top rope and he lost his footing and he fell in. The fact that he just landed on his feet and kept going was more impressive than if he had done the move. Like it, like even the, the, even the botches in that match made, were, were enjoyable to me. I don't know. Maybe I was, maybe I'm just high on WrestleMania, but I love that. Yeah, that spot specifically, like, they tricked me because I thought that was an intentional, like, jump from the top rope onto the ground. And I was like, that's weird. Like, wouldn't it be cool if it was a super white noise? And yeah. I didn't realize that it was a botch. I thought it, he intentionally just jumped down. So I thought I don't that was care. Really Maybe cool. it was intentional. But like, I'll give, I'll let it be intentional. Whatever Seamus wants. Seamus is the best, man. My only problem with Seamus is his haircut now. Like, he looks so... <laughs> He looks so great when he's being like the blacktop bully in his casuals, right? When he's wearing like the wearing like the newsy hat and like the like the A shirt with the suspenders. Like let that just be the wrestler, you know? Like who cares? Just let him tape his fists and just beat people up. He's um he's great. He's great. I love yeah. that guy. 
That booking definitely had me shocked, though. I thought, you know, as we were talking about how this is really kind of the star-making WrestleMania or, or solidifying what the, the company's going to look like for the next five years, it was really weird to see Riddle lose the title. I guess maybe it's kind of like a, here you go, Seamus, thanks for taking these L's to Drew these past three months. Like, But it definitely felt kind of strange to me, booking-wise. I will say this. I know, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, Riddle is certainly a guy who is probably one of the future stars of the company. And so you're right. That doesn't quite fit into my, my rubric. I, and I know that, you know, Seamus, the old timers do the jobs for the young guys. That's how the com- that's how wrestling continues the tradition, whatever. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Riddle beating Seamus would have done absolutely nothing for either guy, like zero for either guy, because we all expected Riddle to win so much that like, it wouldn't have even mattered if he had won. And Sheamus losing, that's just another whatever, notch in the belt for Sheamus, all the, all the losses that he's taken over the years. But Sheamus winning, now Sheamus is suddenly legit in a way that even like his feud with Drew McIntyre didn't make him legit. And, and Riddle, ha- who has a lot of personality, but like no real personality, like now, he ha- now we have to see what, what he does when he's like, when he loses. That's... His comeback, his his, bou- his rebound is more interesting than him getting shotgunned into the main event to me. Yeah, honestly, you have a good point because I, I definitely want to see what does an angry riddle look like. Like you can't just be the happy-go-lucky stoner every week, you know, especially after you losing that title. So uh, it could be really, it could be great for his character depending how they spend this on Raw. But uh, again, it really just comes down to how, what are they going to do with him now? Because I could also see where. He, he takes this L and then we have, I don't want to compare him to like a, I'll compare him to like a Ricochet where it's like Ricochet had that feud with AJ Styles and then where is he now? So I, I'm hoping that's not what we get out of this and, and they really propel him off of this, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I I, I think it's going to be okay. I think it'll be okay for both of them. Well, we'll see. But I, but I really, but I, man, I, I enjoyed that match. I can't wait to rewatch that match. And by the way, there were so many like forearms over the course of this weekend, like 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 ground and pound style forearms, forearms to the back of the head, and they all look so snug, like they did like a forearm class or something, and like on <laughs> like teaching everybody how to do it. It was a great weekend for painful looking forearms. Um, but yeah, I mean, even oh God, well, at least listen, Riddle got his moment with RVD backstage, so that's his WrestleMania moment. He didn't yeah, need the win. Sure. He got his. He got. He got his. He got his. He got his WrestleMania moment. Uh, before that, Kevin Owens beat Sami Zayn, and then and then uh, stun stunnered Logan Paul, which is I. There is nothing that happened this weekend that shocked me more. I mean, if Roman Reigns had lost the title to Paul Heyman somehow in the main event tonight. It would not have shocked me as much as Logan Paul just eating a stutter from Kevin Owens. Uh, yeah, I was impressed. I was like trying to grade that uh, that bump there. I was like, that's got to be between a C plus B minus. The only reason why I didn't want to give it like a the A range was I he didn't like take the stunner and bounce back up like, like the Rock or someone else did. But like that was a pretty good like bump there for someone that has zero wrestling experience but also that he just did it yeah for sure that he was signed on i mean he, they signed him up pretty late in the game well i can imagine someone if they came to him and they were like we just need you on the show we want a star here's a million dollars and he would just say yes right but if it's like the last minute like we need you to come on the show and we need you to embarrass yourself 
Like, I, that's pretty shocking. I don't know. Anyway, good for him. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a banger, a certifiable banger that was only weird, that, that was only slightly weird because Sami Zayn got in so much offense, which is not the norm for Sami Zayn. Obviously, this is, they just decided to make Sami look good before he lost, but um, it was a, it was like their work on the indies together. It was be in the, in the, in the, in the sense that it was like a, like someone hit the fast forward button or like you're, it's, it's almost like video game style. Like how many like subtly impressive types of suplexes can I line up one after the other, right? I'm just like going to try out the entire character move set in sequence uh, yeah. and just see how many <laughs> I can do in a row. And that shit is fun to watch. It's really, really cool. I have one flaw with this match. Yeah. I just didn't like how Kevin Owens no-sold the Haluva kick at the end before he got his shit in to win the match, where Sami Zayn outsmarted Kevin Owens, where he like ran back to the opposite turnbuckle to kind of set up for his move, and Sami, Sami Zayn chases him, hits him with the boot. Kevin Owens eats that, super kicks him twice, and then hits the stunner for the win. I was like... How do you just ignore that move completely? That was my only issue with it. Well, especially after he sold he sold everything else like death, right? I yeah, mean, he was exactly. taking like like brain busters and just like convulsing on the or just going totally limp on the ground. Um, by the way, not just the forearms. This was also a huge weekend for ring apron bumps. Like, yeah, oh, like yes, tons like, of them. There were like five or six like hard bumps that would have been like like weekend defining bumps onto the ring apron. Kevin Owens obviously took that brain buster, which you know, any fan of these two has seen uh, them that, that executed before. So it was nice to see it in at WrestleMania, but, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it was kind of weird that this, it seemed like they were setting this up as a match where you're going to have to do like 15 finishers in a row to win. And in fact, Kevin Owens just had to, you know, get the stunner. So I guess they're protecting the stunner. That's great. Yeah. It would have been nice if he had just been a little bit more hurt and had to try a little bit harder. But anyway, I love the match. I love those two guys. They can do no wrong. They're just amazing. Uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeated Italian Tamina, who won their opportunity last night. Um, that was a better match than I expected. I'll say that. They were, I, I thought they had some spots in there. I love the the catapult uh, by Natalia into the super kick by Tamina. Mm-hmm. I love the way they ended that with uh, Tamina locking, or was it Natalia locking in the, the sharpshooter, I believe, and uh, not knowing that uh, Nia Jax wasn't the legal woman, and then she taps out to Baszler while holding the sharpshooter on Jax. I love that ending. Um, but, you know, it was, I think that pairing in the tag team match was just a weird pairing like I, I uh with the tag team t- turmoil the day before i just wasn't expecting tamina and uh natalia to be the winners there and i thought they were I, i'm pretty sure i texted you i was like i thought they were the heels of that tag team match so then them going against the biggest uh heels in the women's division and nia jackson uh shana baszler didn't fully make sense to me I wasn't surprised that they won because the way they were treated on smackdown was the way they would treat you know people who are about to be about to get that kind of push, but they did sort of like, like pose, like, like their, like their physical posture was sort of heelish on Friday night. So I was confused by the whole thing. That said, I kind of feel like Tamina was over in this match. Like, Oh, 100%. 100%. The crowd was eating her up. Not going to lie. Well, I don't know. I mean, the women's tag team division is, I love Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler as a team. I think it's a lot of fun, but, the, the women's tag team division is just sort of a mess right now. 
Because they're not, it's the same thing they always do in the men's division too. I mean, they have what, like one real tag team, which is the Riot Squad, and they just refuse to put to, to do anything good with them. The rest of the tag team division, actually the entire, the division, including the Riot Squad, are like former tag teams that they broke up and put back together in different pieces. <laughs> right, um, right. And then, yeah, I mean, I, so I don't even know what you do next. I don't even know if it matters, but um, they should just break all the tag teams up, all the women's tag teams up as just a practice, like every two months and just make them form new teams. That should just be the way the division works. And, uh, you know, women's tag get, team draft. That's what we need. They need it. We, yeah. I mean, we need to just have the NXT women's tag team against, against these two and, and just go title for title. I mean, that would, that would at least be really interesting. All right. Moving on. We started the night with what would could go down in history as, the greatest professional wrestling match of all time, but it it won't. I'm just Stop saying it. it's anything's Stop. possible. Randy Orton and the fiend fought for like five minutes. Uh, I'm not sure. I thought the fiend looked like a charcoal briquette. And before his entrance officially hit, they show a video of him walking through an empty right. hallway and magic, just taking all of the burns away. Um, but I kind of have a theory with this. Uh, with the with Alexa Bliss at the end of the match bleeding out of nowhere unexplainably, I was texting my buddy back and forth, and he was like, "You know, a monster needs his weakness, kind of like you know the Undertaker with this urn." So maybe he drained Alexa Bliss's life force. Uh, I'm, I'm going into like some heavy, heavy like no, no, you know, no, no, no. I like this. Here. This but makes drained, sense. He drained her life force, and that is what made him come back unburned. And then all of a sudden, Alexa Bliss, you know, is bleeding in the middle of the match. And now that is kind of like his weakness, where if she's hurt, clearly he can't focus and he can take an RKO after no selling every other move in the match and get pinned for the three count. That's my theory. That's the only way this shit makes sense. They got to clean this up on Raw tomorrow because I just did a lot of work to make that make sense. And that match, in my opinion, was not good at all. And it made zero sense without like sitting there and thinking for like 30 minutes by yourself. I That would be just. It being just so funny if what you just described was actually just the just what what was true, and if they just came out and said just read just read what you just said <laughs> off a piece of paper and that, oh my god, I would love that. I think that's I think that's a great I think that's a wonderful way of looking at it. I still can't get over. I think I still am very partial of to my, of of my fantasy booking instead of the CGI. If they had like actually had him emerge from the husk, like tear off that that gross burnt outfit and have like whatever the new the new fiend or the new Bray Wyatt is like underneath. But anyway, so these guys wrestle for like a few minutes and then, and then like you said, Alexa Bliss comes out like black goo pouring from her head out of the, the evil jack-in-the-box or whatever and yeah, just distracts the fiend. Orton gets the win. I don't know, man. They needed, they needed to do, they needed to give us more than that after holding the fiend off of TV for so exactly. long. Exactly. They have so much heavy lifting to do on Raw tomorrow for that to make any sense. And the fact that, you know, we waited all these months of Randy Orton not wrestling, Randy Orton being terrorized by Alexa Bliss for a regular one-on-one match with no stipulations at all. And and this is, this is the finish. He just takes the, the fiend that you've just revived, just takes one single RKO and is like, yeah, I can't get up from that. Like it just didn't make any sense to me, unless unless that long theory that I just me and my buddy came up with makes sense. That's there was no reason for them to book it the way they did, but we'll see. 
Well, I don't even think it matters. They could come out tomorrow and tell me the most like compelling answer, the best possible explanation for why all this happened. It doesn't matter. They, they kept the feed off TV for like two months to get us to WrestleMania. Like the whole this we had been waiting for this to come to fruition for so long at WrestleMania. This is more of an egregious like whole like holding note than even when like a title match just kind of gets like Schmaz finish and you got to revisit it later. Like it was, I don't know. I mean, it was just this. What a disappointment. And to do it of all things, to do it to the fiend, to do it to Bray Wyatt. I'm not even trying to get like sentimental here, but like he deserves better than this. Like they've yanked us around with him for so long. Um, Have him lose, like do whatever, but like, a five-minute schmozzy match with a silly ending, like it wasn't even good. I don't know, man. You got to do better than that. The Fiend deserves better. <laughs> I agree, man. I would hundred percent agree with you. I'm just, I'm just trying to be optimistic, and I really hope that they at least give us something on Raw where it's like, oh, what happened last night was a complete shift in the character of the Fiend. It, it didn't make sense in the moment. But, you know, in three months from now, we're like, oh, that was the moment where we saw Bray, the, the Fiend actually has a weakness and they kind of carry it on for the next, you know, six months to a year. That's that's my hope. But that's just me trying to be positive about a very shitty opening match. The entrance was cool, though. The Jack in the Box was cool. We can give them that. Yeah, the Jack in the Box was super cool. I can't deny that. I mean, the entrances are always good. But after the entrance, then they have to have a match. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not the strong suit of uh, booking of booking the fiend. I don't know, man. Maybe I just don't get it. The story that we ran on the ringer this week about that being a uh, just a horror movie instead of a wrestling match. Um, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe I should just look at it that way and not critique the match at all. But wow, five minutes, five minutes to start the night on night two. I guess that was the right way to do it because at least putting it first on night two and doing it in five minutes, at least. At least we, at least we are led to believe that WWE knows that is not mistaken about how awesome that was, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like in a previous in a previous fiend push, they would have put that match on last and thought and thought that Alexa Bliss bleeding from her eyeballs was like cooler than Roman Reigns winning the jury retaining the championship. It's not. They clearly know it's not. We'll take that as a small victory. There were a lot of big victories this weekend. Um, last thing I just did winners and losers on Bill's podcast so I don't want to just eat all of that up but but when we do the Rockets on this show sometimes it's never an official Rocket unless Kaz is here but I don't know who do you think who do you if, if you were going to hand out some unofficial Rockets who would you give them out to after this weekend last night and tonight Okay, I'll do I'll do two or three real quick. I think the most obvious is Bianca Belair. That's her, that's yes. just that she gets like ten rockets. She gets um, a space shuttle. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would say Cesaro is a pretty big winner this weekend. Yep. I just the the fact that they finally gave him a one on one match with Seth freaking Rollins, as they love to call him, like that's that's big. And if I had to go one more. I think I'm going to go with Apollo over 
uh, Rhea Ripley. Because I, I think Rhea Ripley, just because the match was a slightly underwhelming, not too underwhelming, just slightly underwhelming. But with Apollo, I felt like even though they had a short amount of time, they did what they wanted to do with that match. And now he's got some muscle behind him in the Intercontinental Championship. And I think the sky's the limit for him in the mid-card, in the mid-card on SmackDown. You know, So we'll see where that goes from there. How about I, you? I agree with all of those. I can't even, I don't even know who else I would put. I mean, I'd put some honorary rockets on some people that, you know, like, you know, look good in defeat. Um, but yeah, Rhea Ripley would have been number four. I don't, I mean, I don't even know, you know, Bobby Lashley doesn't need our rockets, but, yeah. but him winning was cool and, and exciting. And it makes me interested to know what like his next six months or year are going to look like. So if he had lost, he would have been, back to mid card Lashley, you know? So this is, uh, I don't know if this is a rocket, but you know, it's a, it's a hoverboard or something. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, every, everything else you said is exactly, I mean, exactly right. The two, you know, there's a couple of question marks. Does Braun Strowman grow from where he, from his win against Shane McMahon? Does bad bunny stay in WWE and become our next world champion of some sort? I guess that's always, (laughs) that's always a possibility. Um, also you can always look forward to like the post celebrity beatdown push, you know, the kind of, the kind of, uh, like pat on the back. We got you here push that like, that you can get you, you after you just get beat up by a regular human being. So maybe the Miz or John Morrison will have a good look going forward. Um, and you know, Kevin Owens got to, got to stun Logan Paul. That's, that's, that's a big moment for him too. So. Um, I agree with all the ones you said, but there's a lot of people are looking good are looking good after this weekend. I think Rhea Ripley's on an, in another year we would have been putting her up at the top, but uh, but it's a uh, this is Bianca Belair's WrestleMania weekend. There's just no doubt about it. The two people that we care about after this are your two main event winners, right? Belair, Roman Reigns. That's it. That's that is that is your the future of your company. And by the way. We, that's just amazing. What? I mean, just, it's, it's so cool. I love both of them. I love, man, I love professional wrestling this week. What a, what a great time we had. Yeah. I was about to say the biggest rocket goes to the fans this weekend. I felt like this was just it for me, at least I felt like reinvigorated as a wrestling fan. I think, you know, for me, it's like every year I'm, I'm in waves and all that, but this was like one of those WrestleManias that's going to stick with me for a little while, just because, you know, going through that year without the fans and, and now seeing them back and, and having it feel like it paid off in those main events really, you know, resonated with me. So I'm looking forward to the next year to come. And that, my friends, is why we call him a baby face. He gives the the biggest, the last <laughs> word of the night to the fans. The fans. <laughs> all right. All you wrestling fans, all you Masked Man fans out there, thank you, John Carmen, for doing this with me. Um, we'll be back on uh, Thursday with our regularly scheduled broadcast. Kaz will be back, hopefully, in one piece from having the time of his life down in Florida. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, also check out, like I said before, my appearance on the Bill Simmons podcast, although he doesn't need my ratings boost. Um, apologies as always to John Moxley. This episode is once again dedicated to anyone who's ever been called stupid. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 